Grand Rising. I know it's Tuesday, not my normal day. Yesterday I had a really bad um, migraine that just wasn't wasn't going to work out yesterday. So now I'm here for today. Just this week is going to be Tuesday, but every other week is Mondays 9:30 a.m. Thursdays 9:30 a.m. Hi everybody that's joining. Thank you for coming on and joining me this morning instead of yesterday. So I hope everyone have a, had a great holiday. And like I said, I, I went live on Christmas Day to just talk about um, whether you were spending your holiday with family, loved ones, friends, whomever, or if you decided that you were gonna spend it alone, that there is nothing wrong regardless of what you decided. Because there's some people that just like to reflect on um, holidays or, or days that people say are important. Um, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. When we are alone, when we are by ourselves, we do the most reflecting, hopefully, and then spend that time, hopefully, figuring out what, what ways we can better ourselves. What things can we change about ourselves to make us better people? So I am going to be reading from today, The Power of Awareness and Feeling is the Secret. Um, it's, it's both books combined. I don't know how they did this, but it was, it's on my Kindle. So I'm going to read from there. Again, it's The Power of Awareness and Feeling is the Secret, the two most empowering books by Neville Goddard. Hi, everybody that's joining. Grand Rising. Um... Thank you, Shelly. This was made by Rosie Moon Apparel. She like custom tie-dyes clothing and she sent me a bunch of stuff and I love, I just love her stuff. Um, my family is toxic in Arizona. So I know there's a lot of people that have toxic family members in their life and being triggered by that or not being triggered by that is a feat that many of us maybe have not yet mastered because I do still get triggered um, by by people in my family and it's not easy but when we continue to do the work on ourselves those triggers become smaller and smaller and it's interesting when you see that when you have a family member that does trigger you and all of a sudden you realize you're just observing that person instead of judging them or instead of coming from that feeling or that ego place that wants to snap back at them or wants to put them in their place. You just realize that you have to allow them to be who they are because I'm going to change my world. I'm going to change my inner world so that I don't even see them the same anymore. If that's who they want to be, this is our journey. We can't change that. We could change ourselves so that people have a different experience with us. So when people have a different experience with us, they're going to shift. When you set boundaries with family members that might be toxic, they are going to shift. They might push back. They might test you. But they are going to shift because you're shifting your reality. And that's with anything. When you shift your reality, when you show up as a different version of yourself, People are either going to want to wonder like what it is that you're doing differently or why you're being like that. But you continue to keep and set those boundaries and eventually they will make the shift with you. And that's it. 
So the power of awareness and feeling is a secret. This is from chapter five. This is the truth that sets you free. So I'm going to read a little bit from that. Um, the drama of life is a psychological one in which all the conditions, circumstances, and events of your life are brought to pass by your assumptions. So just as I was talking about, if, you're, if you have family members that are triggering to you, and it says here, circumstances and events of your life are brought to pass by your assumptions. So you have, if you have a different assumption of someone, they have to show up differently because you are showing up differently. If either of your parents have a certain way about them, certain characteristics or personality traits that you cannot stand, all the events of your life are brought to pass by your assumption. So if your assumption of that person is, I can't stand this person, what an asshole, or anything like that that's very, very negative, those people are only going to show up based on your assumption of them. But if you say, I'm so grateful for um, my grandmother that she is, you know, that she has shown me so much about tradition or whatever it is that you could be grateful for about that person. They're going to show up in your reality different because our events of our life are brought to pass by our assumptions. My ex-wife. <clears throat> Grand Rising, everybody that's joining. Um, since your life is determined by your assumptions. So if this is all about the law of assumption. Law of attraction is different in the way that they explain it as the law of assumption here. And the law of assumption, this book is probably from, I don't know, 1930s or 40s or possibly 50s. I'm not really sure. But these are a lot of the philosophers that were talking about the power of our awareness or the power of our consciousness long before the secret and all those other things. So our assumption or living in our assumption is how we assume to be. How we assume someone else to be. My mom's a handful. I think most people that have ever seen videos of my mother know that she's a handful. But if I can visualize her as a person that had a really tough upbringing three children as a single parent and that she was just doing her best, even though she was nuts. I will be able to see her differently because she does have a victim mentality. It's always, why are you doing this to me? And, you know, you treat this person better than you treat me. And it's always kind of a guilt trip. And I know there's many people that can relate to that in here with their parents. Um, but when I started to respond to her differently from the story that she was imagining herself to be in, she shifted differently and responded to me differently. So this is what I'm saying about the law of assumption. How do you assume yourself to be? How are you assuming other people to be? If you're assuming yourself as a victim, if you're a victim of your circumstances, the world and the universe and God or Lord, whatever you want to call source, will certainly show you that that's exactly what you are as a victim because that is the law of assumption. You're assuming your reality to be true. So if that reality in your mind is that you're a victim and you're a victim to all the circumstances in your reality. That's all that can show up in your reality because that is the law of assumption. 
Since your life is determined by your assumptions, you are forced to recognize the fact that you are either a slave to your assumptions or their master. Let's read that again. Since your life is determined only by your assumptions, by my assumptions, you are forced to recognize the fact that you were either a slave to your assumption or a master. Are you a master of your reality or are you a slave to it? What are your current circumstances in your life? If you want to know the state of your consciousness, write down the state of your life, the state of your relationship, the state of your family life, the state of your career, the state of your finances or abundance. Write down all of those things and that will tell you where your state of consciousness is. That will tell you where your assumption about yourself is, which is also known as your self-concept. So you master those assumptions or you're a slave to them. To become the master of your assumption is the key to undreamed, to the undreamed of freedom and happiness. You can attain this mastery by deliberate conscious control of your imagination. You determine your assumptions in this way. So from a mental image, a picture of the state desired. So, oh, it says form a mental image. Or the picture of your state desired, whatever that is to you. Is that driving a brand new car? Is that having the love of your life? What is, is that living in your dream home? Is that seeing yourself having so much abundance that you're always able to help people that are in need? You're able to help the homeless or you're able to help animals. What is your assumption? I am reading from The Power of Awareness and Feeling is the Secret. It's, it's two books in one from um, my Kindle. Uh, so, okay, so form a mental image. So whatever your mental image is, a picture of your state desire. So that is living in, in the wish fulfilled is what Neville Goddard calls it. The wish fulfilled is the end. So what is your end? Um, a picture of the state desire of the person you want to be. Concentrate your attention upon the feeling that you were already that person. First, visualize the picture in your consciousness. Then feel yourself to be in that state as though it actually formed your surrounding world. So what would your world look like if you had exactly what you wanted? No matter what it is, your ego is going to tell you, You'll never have that. How stupid could you be? You don't have money. How are you going to do this? Oh, you're too fat. You can never have that person. Whatever it is that your ego or our ego constantly tells us and tries to distract us and tries to tell us that we shouldn't have these things because it wants to keep us very safe. But staying safe is living a boring life. First, visualize a picture in your consciousness, then feel it to be true. By your imagination, that which was a mere mental image is changed into a seemingly solid reality. So just by your imagination, that mental image becomes a solid reality. So if you think about anything in creation, it was always once a thought. There's nothing in this world, nothing in our three-dimensional world that was not thought of first by someone. It didn't just plop into the world like, Oh, this house I'm living in, it just dropped out of the sky. Someone thought that in their mind. Hey, I think this would be an amazing design. They probably sketched it. They had blueprints of it. They knew what materials that they needed, how much money it was going to cost. It was always a thought in their mind first. So by your imagination. So I'm going to think of this home that I want. And then I'm going to build it. Because that's what my, is in my imagination. Your image is changed into a seemingly solid reality. 
The great secret is a controlled imagination and a well-sustained attention firmly and repeatedly focused on the object to be accomplished. So that is the greatest secret of our life is that we get to control our reality, but we're taught the opposite. We're taught that we have no control over our reality and that whatever is happening in our reality, we're just going to be a victim to it. That's it. Your circumstances suck and that just sucks for you. That is what we're taught. We are not taught the great secret. That you, having a controlled imagination, most of us every day do not have any control of our imagination, but don't even realize to try to have control over it. Don't even realize that if we had a controlled imagination, we can then create the exact reality that we want. We are not taught these things because then that would be what? That would be an entire world of empowered people that can never be controlled or manipulated. Because you know that if you don't like something, I'm just going to rewrite it in my mind. I don't need to listen to anybody out here because I already have the power. So why do you think that we're disempowered and we're disconnected from our human consciousness? Because that's where the power lies. Happy Canadian. I don't rely on anyone. I control my own destiny. But I feel like by us having these conversations or by us following really good content, if you spend time on social media, like you always be reminded that you do have the control over your mind. And if you have control over your mind, you have control over your reality. If you have control over your reality, then you're living the life that you actually want to instead of the life that's just given to us. Okay. So we have the great secret. It cannot be emphasized too much. By creating an ideal within your mental sphere... By assuming that you are already that ideal image that you want. You identify yourself with it and thereby transform yourself into its image. So if you live in that state, even though you don't have it in your three-dimensional reality yet. A lot of people feel quite delusional by daydreaming or getting into the state of the wish fulfilled or repeating affirmations that they are in the wish fulfilled, it makes you feel delusional when you first start doing it. But as you do it, the more you do it, your reality does start to shift and it gets easier. You're just like, wow, I'm starting to feel different. Those nagging negative feelings that I have every single day, they're actually less now. I'm starting to feel more uplifted. I'm starting to shift my actual reality. Okay. Um, so it says thinking from the ideal instead of of thinking of the ideal. So some people get confused by that. You have to think from it, not think of it. Thinking of it is watching yourself like, oh, wow, that would be really cool. Thinking from it is you actually going into your mind's eye and having the experience yourself. So that if you're doing your meditation and you're thinking of you're on the beach, you're, you're walking out of your dream home, just for example, what do you feel? What do you smell? What is around you? How does the sand feel on the feet when you walk down your steps right to the ocean? What does your house look like? What are you wearing? How does your body feel? That is living from it, not thinking of it. Like if we think of um, a dream car or a dream person and we think of them, we're thinking how good looking maybe they are or how great their personality is or what a beautiful color that car is. Thinking from it 
is being in that relationship with the person, laying in bed next to them and feeling them next to you, driving that car. What does the dashboard look like when you look at it? That's thinking from it, not thinking of it. So I hope that that part is clear. Every state is already there as mere possibilities as long as we think of them. So every state is there as a possibility if you think of it. It's like, oh, that's a possibility. But when you think from it in the state of the wish fulfilled, as over as overpoweringly, overpoweringly real, when we think from it, that is where the shift starts to happen when we think from it. You think feelingly. That's what Neville always says. Think feelingly. Like, what the hell does that mean? What does that mean to me? You think, okay, so if you ever had something traumatic happen to you and you it's on your mind in a loop and you just keep rethinking it, I can guarantee you you're thinking feelingly. You're rethinking it as, it, as if it's already, ha- if it's happening to you over and over again. You get the sick feeling in your stomach. Your heart starts to race. It's not really happening to you, but you're thinking from it because you had the experience already. So that's how you have to get in the law of assumption. You have to think from it, even though you've never experienced it, but you can imagine what it feels like to be with the person that you are, that you want to be married to or are in your mind married to. You can think about what it feels like to own your own dog rescue and save all these animals. You can feel what that feels like to save an animal, pick up an animal from its living hell. You can feel it. So that's thinking feelingly. This was called by the ancient teachers subjection to the will of God or resting in the Lord. This is where it gets interesting because they go always go back to the Bible in a lot of these Neville Goddard books and Joseph Murphy books. Resting in the Lord is that all who do rest are inevitably transformed into the image of that in which they rest. So whatever your wish fulfilled is, or whatever you rest in, whether it's good or bad, that is called resting in the Lord. Resting in the Lord is that all who do rest are inevitably transformed into the image of that in which they rest. Whether it's good or bad. Our conscious, our subconscious mind doesn't care if it's good or bad. I say this all the time. But it doesn't care what you dwell on all day long. Our consciousness doesn't judge and say, you really shouldn't be thinking of that because it's going to manifest into your reality. It just gives you what you desire, quote unquote desire. Because if you're constantly thinking of negative things all the time, your consciousness or your subconscious mind is like, okay, one, that's what you desire coming up. Again, I say this all the time. It's like taking orders from a waitress. The universe is our waitress. If you're constantly thinking negatively all day, your waitress of the world takes that order and says, more negativity coming up right this way. And that's what comes into your reality. So when you rest in the Lord, as they say, your image will be transformed into reality. But this isn't what I wanted. When you come from want, I want this, I need this, you're also coming from a state of lack. Yes, um, I will post it. So you're coming from lack, I want, I want, I want. That is coming from not having. 
You don't get what you are, you, or you don't get what you want. You get what you are. If you're a person that's negative all the time, you get what you are. You're negative. If you're resting in the Lord consciously, you're consciously resting in the Lord, you're going to get what you are. So if you're constantly living in the wish fulfilled, you're walking around your day as if you already have it, even if it is the complete opposite, even if your reality is shit right now, if you can shift your focus from that lack mentality to having, even if it's not, let's just say, you you are lonely, you're by yourself, you just want to be with this person, or you just want a person in your life. Okay, well, that's obviously coming from lack. So if you can't get into that wish fulfilled, if you can't imagine from where you are, then go to your gratitude list. Name three things that you never want to lose. And then you can get into that state of gratitude by thinking of how amazing it is that you have those three things. So if it feels unrealistic to you to... to Act as if you were in that beautiful relationship when the opposite is true. Go to gratitude. Because once you shift, you start to do small shifts into gratitude, your attitude changes. And once your attitude changes, you're going to look at relationships differently. And then you're going to start to say like, hey, I really love myself and I'm happy alone. But now I'm going to be a great match for such an amazing partner. You will totally shift. You become according to your resigned will. And your resigned will is your concept of yourself and all that you consent to and accept as true. So did we follow that? Your concept of self, so your self-concept, which I talk about. Your self-concept is what you assume to be true. What do you believe about yourself? And a lot of times people lie to themselves and they totally, they're like, I believe that I'm amazing and that I'm successful and that I'm kind and That's great. That's really great. That's really wonderful surface level things. But when we really get down to self-concept, most people have a negative one. You can have a great self-concept about finances, but also believe to be true that you are not loved. Maybe you grew up in a very wealthy household, but your parents did not show you the love and admiration that you deserved as a growing child. So that self-concept develops because you develop your most of your belief systems about yourself from zero to seven, the age zero to seven. Your subconscious is most impressionable. So when you are being impressed upon the fact that money is so easy to make, we are wealthy, money will be easy for you to make. But that doesn't mean that your self-concept about love is going to be as strong as your self-concept about money and, and uh, reverse. Maybe you had a really poor household that you grew up in but you had so much love. So relationships are so easy for you, but you always believe that you have to work really hard to make money or that money is hard to come by and that you can only have this dead-end job that's not going to pay you enough money to have what you want. So our self-concepts could be good on one hand and bad on the other, depending on how we were raised, right? So it's up to us to change that state of the wish fulfilled. You, assuming the feeling feeling of your wish fulfilled and continuing therein, take upon yourself the result of that state. Not assuming the feeling of your wish fulfilled, you are ever free of the results. So if you do not assume the wish fulfilled, basically saying you're not going to get what you want because you're allowing your mind to run freely of thoughts that you don't want to happen and become your reality. When you understand the redemptive function of imagination, 
you hold in your hands the key to the solution of all of your problems. Let's read that again. When you understand the redemptive function of imagination, when you understand the importance of our consciousness, of our mind, of the thoughts we allow ourselves to think every single day, you hold in your hands the key to the solution of all of your problems. It's really simple. Once you get the hang of it, once you start to shift your consciousness and your focus of your thoughts, even go into your job and you, you hate your boss, how can you shift that frequency? How can you shift that state of being? What else could you be grateful for for your job? I'm so grateful that my boss gave me a raise. It didn't happen yet, but in your mind's eye, I'm so grateful for all the money that I'm making with this job. What can you be thankful for? How can you shift? What wish fulfilled can you live in? Or I'm so grateful that I got this new amazing job. And before you know it, the universe is going to move all these puzzle pieces around to fit what your assumption is, whether it's good or bad. That is the key, is that we get to choose. So when you understand the function of imagination, you hold in your hands the key to every solution that you want. Whatever the solution is that you want, you hold the key to it by imagining it. And most people will never understand how powerful our minds are. So someone will listen to this and say, what kind of bullshit is she talking and telling people? And other people will understand exactly that because they've done it themselves. They live their lifestyle this way. You can take your pick of how you want to choose to live your life. Every phase of your life is made by the exercise of your imagination. Determined imagination alone is the means of your progress. So when you determine your imagination and you consciously think of the thing. So say we go throughout our day and we're just like every day we complain about something. Where can you start? You can start by complaining. You, you, I'm sure you've heard these things. You're like, try to go 24 hours, 24 hours without complaining. You definitely shift from there. Some people are so used to complaining. They don't know what to do with themselves without being able to complain. Oh my God, how are you? It's so nice to see you. Oh, uh, you know what? My knee is just killing me today. I woke up with another headache. You know those type of people. They can't live without complaining. If that is you, that in order to have somewhat interesting conversation, you have to complain, you better start thinking about that because that is controlled imagination. When you start to control your imagination and you realize the things that you say every day, that's beginning to start to control the imagination. Just, just for today, observe. Observe what it is that you talk about. Observe what it is that you think about. What constantly comes to your mind. You'll always be in pain. Your body's been like this your whole life. Get over it. Your ego will tell you. You'll never have the new house that you want. How are you going to do that? You make minimum wage. So there's always going to be that ego that's going to try and talk you out of these ideas. That's going to try and talk you out of having the life that you actually want. Because when you shift from having a really negative mindset or a limiting one, a limiting mindset, your ego is always going to say like, what do you think? You're too good now. And it will try to talk you out of that. 
because it's so deeply ingrained in you that changing anything and making your ego uncomfortable, making your consciousness uncomfortable, it's going to fight you back. It's going to be a battle when you first start to do this. But if you just start with the awareness part, just for today, the whole day, think about what your thoughts are all the time. If you're driving and someone cuts you off, do you immediately start to curse them out? Do you immediately say, oh, this mf'er? The devil's always around. I've listened to my mom say that so many times. If you call on him, guess what? He's going to show up. So what are your conscious thoughts? Are you a victim to your reality? That people just come out of nowhere to just make your day miserable. Are you a victim to your reality? Observe your thoughts. That is step number one. Say, wow, holy shit. I, don't, I didn't even realize how much my thoughts are negative all day. Who's that person looking at? Why, why are they looking at me like that? Ego. Ego. Where are your thoughts? All day, where are your thoughts? That's it. Being conscious of those thoughts is step number one. The great secret is a controlled imagination and a well-sustained attention firmly and repeatedly focused on the feeling of the wish fulfilled until it fills the mind and crowds all other ideas out of your consciousness, like we just talked about. If you start to think and shift, think differently and shift into that wish fulfilled, and you do it so much that the other ideas that currently used to crowd your mind no longer exist, you're shifting. It's going to take a minute. It's not going to happen immediately that you think one positive thought and you're like, yes, I'm a positive person. It doesn't work like that. 70% of our programming, 70% of our programming is negative. 95% of our day is driven by our subconscious mind. So if 70% of our subconscious is already negative and the subconscious drives 95% of your day, shit, we got work to do. We have some work to do. And again, it's not going to happen instantly. It takes work to do this. But do you want to be the driver of your life or do you want to be driven? I mean, I would like to be driven, but not with my thoughts, by an actual driver. We're talking thoughts. Do you want to be the driver of your thoughts and in the driver's seat of your consciousness? Or do you want those negative programs to run you? What greater gift can be given to you than to be told the truth that will set you free? John 8.32 The truth that will set you free is that you can experience in imagination what you desire to experience in reality. And by maintaining this experience in imagination, your desire becomes an actuality. You are limited only by your uncontrolled imagination and lack of attention to the feeling of your wish fulfilled. That's another, my hair is really dirty today. That's another really good one. You are limited only by your uncontrolled imagination. That is your limit. There's always just wild hair everywhere. You're limited only by your uncontrolled imagination and lack of attention to the feeling of the wish fulfilled. Yes, Carlos, a work in progress. That's the only thing that we're limited by. If we limit ourselves in our mind, like, oh, I can never have that. Oh, this person will never love me. I could never be married. 
You know, I was divorced already two times. No one's going to want me. I can never have the life that I really want because I'm always un feeling unwell. What is the story that we tell ourselves? Because you are limited only by your uncontrolled imagination. If you don't control that shit, that shit's going to control you. When the imagination is not controlled and the attention not steadied on the feeling of the wish fulfilled, then no amount of prayer or invocation will produce the desired effect. Because when we were taught to pray, we're taught to beg for things. Lord, please help X, Y, and Z. Lord, I really want. Even our prayer, even praying, is inverted. Because by praying, you are in a state of lack. So no amount of prayer or invocation will produce the desired effect. When we pray... We are coming from a state of lack. 